Welcome to this episode of Tales and Tales, a fortnightly podcast where we spend a few minutes looking at the lives of special animals and the people who've cared for them. In today's episode, we'll learn about the Kasakela chimpanzee community of Tanzania, subjects of the world's longest animal observational study. The Kasakela chimpanzee community is a habituated community of wild eastern chimpanzees that lives in Gombe National Park near Lake Tanganyika in Tanzania. The community was the subject of Jane Goodall's pioneering study that began in 1960, and observations have continued ever since, so becoming the longest continuous study of any animals in their natural habitat. The community has been key to the understanding of chimpanzees and has been the subject of several books and documentaries. Goodall's practice of giving names to the chimpanzees she was observing, instead of the usual scientific practice of just using numbers, led to the public more readily identifying with the chimps, both individually and collectively, thus greatly enhancing their popularity. Goodall generally used a naming convention in which infants were given names starting with the same letter as their mother, allowing the recognition of matrilineal lines of descent. One of the key insights that was gained by observing the Casicilla chimpanzee community was the use of tools. Jane first noted some chimpanzees using leaves as serviettes after meals. Then, on November 4, 1960, Things went up several notches when Goodall observed a chimpanzee that she had named David Greybeard using a grass stalk as a tool to extract termites from a termite hill. Later, she observed David Greybeard and another chimpanzee named Goliath stripping leaves off twigs to create these termite fishing tools. Up to that point, Toolmaking had been considered one of the defining characteristics of being human. Tool creation by non-human animals had never been observed, and tool use in chimpanzees had only been documented rarely. The Kasakela community turned all of that on its head. A few days earlier, on October 30, 1960, Goodall had observed the community's chimpanzees eating the meat of a red colobus monkey which turned out to be one of the chimps' dietary favourites. Again, dispelling an existing notion, this time that chimpanzees were vegetarians. Then, in the mid-1970s, came one of the most profound findings of the entire longitudinal study. The chimpanzees of the Kasakela community were observed to engage in ongoing, coordinated attacks against the chimpanzees of the neighbouring Kamana chimpanzee community ultimately wiping it out. To give this ex event its full extent, the Kamana community had originated from a split within the Kasakela community. In the early 1970s, several of the Kasakela chimpanzees, including eight adult males, started keeping to the northern portion of the Kasakela range, while others, including seven adult males, kept to the southern portion of the range. The two groups became hostile towards each other and had less and less to do with each other, and eventually the southern community became totally separate, and was then referred to by researchers as the Kamana community. By 1974, the Kasakela males began to attack the Kamana chimpanzees in what was referred to as the Four-Year War. 
researchers described these attacks as being in the nature of attacking raids, as opposed to simply defending their own territory. The Cascella chimpanzees did not collect food during these raids, although at least three Kamana females were brought back to the Cascella community. Kamana chimpanzees were brutally attacked during these raids and often were killed. According to historian Ian Morris, this four-year war represented the first time scientists had observed chimpanzees deliberately seek out, attack and leave for dead chimps from another community and has been described as the first record of lasting warfare among non-human primates. By 1977, the Kamana community had been completely wiped out, and the Cascella community absorbed its territory. Annexing the Kamana territory brought the Cascella community in contact with the neighbouring Kalande chimpanzee community. The Kalande community may have been opportunistically attacking the weakened Kamana chimpanzees during the four-year war, and after Kamana was wiped out, they began to attack the Cascella chimpanzees. At least one Cascella female was badly injured in an attack by the Kalandi chimpanzees, and at least two infants were killed in such attacks. This conflict ended in a stalemate by about 1980. The term alpha male has entered our everyday language and is now even used as a slang term when applied to some human situations. However, the original understanding of the concept came from observing the Cascella community. The alpha male is the highest ranking male, the most dominant chimpanzee, and can control most situations, including situations in which he is opposed by other males. Nonetheless, an alpha male typically cannot completely monopolise breeding opportunities, and in some cases, lower ranking males have actually been more successful at mating than alpha males, since the alpha male has to spend a fair bit of time and energy maintaining his rank. However, a very secure alpha male can use his status to increase his access to females, especially during the period when they are at peak fertility. Alpha males attain and retain their rank through a combination of aggression, popularity, usually acquired through grooming tribe mates, and displays of physical dominance. Alphas use these methods in varying combinations based largely on their own personalities, as the following accounts show. Goliath was the first chimpanzee Goodall recognised as an alpha male. In 1964, Mike, who was previously a low-ranking male, deposed him. Mike had figured out that incorporating cans and other objects left by the human researchers into his displays would make them more effective. These intricate displays impressed the other chimps, who allowed him to take over the alpha male rank. By 1969, a group of younger males, including Humphrey, Fabian, Fegan, and Everett, challenged and defeated him, making Humphrey the alpha male and returning Mike to his low-ranking position. Fast forward to 1989, and a chimpanzee named Wilkie attained alpha status, despite being one of the smallest males in the community at 37 kilograms. According to researchers, Wilkie attained his position primarily by becoming popular by obsessively grooming other males. Unlike most males, Wilkie also invested time in grooming females. 
Wilkie also made effective use of charging displays. Wilkie was overthrown in 1992 by his childhood playmate Freud, who was in turn deposed by his brother Frodo in 1997 while Freud was ill. Frodo, at 51.2 kilograms, was one of the largest males ever seen in the group and relied primarily on brutal and lethal force to attain and maintain alpha status. Rather than grooming others, he demanded that they groom him. He was eventually violently overthrown by a coalition of younger males that included some of his immediate family members. This ever-shifting landscape of allegiances, politics and physical confrontation continues to the present day and the current alpha male known as Fudge. Female chimpanzees may not assert dominance as intensely as males, but females also have a hierarchy. The highest ranking female in the community, or alpha female, gets preferred access to food and resources. Females, unlike males, can inherit their status from their mothers, or rise up the pecking order by moving between communities. The pecking order can change, but is usually stable. To use as an example, as a high-ranking female in the Casacella community, Flo had access to food and good sleeping sites. Her eldest daughter, Fifi, inherited Flo's high status. Fifi later became the alpha female in the community. Fifi's daughter, Fanny, also then became an alpha female. Coincidentally, in 1962, Flo was one of the first chimpanzees to approach Jane Goodall's camp, along with her infant daughter Fifi. Video of Flo approaching Jane and allowing Fifi to reach out to touch Jane's forehead, letting Goodall know she'd been accepted, is shown in the IMAX film Jane Goodall's Wild Chimpanzees. It's important to note, in conclusion, that the tremendous effort required to observe, document, and then communicate all of these findings to the wider world does not come without a certain level of risk to the people involved. In 1988, Frodo, who we met earlier, attacked visiting far-side cartoonist Gary Larson, leaving him bruised and scratched. Frodo had a history of attacking the researchers observing him. Jane Goodall was herself targeted by Frodo on multiple occasions, and in 1989, the ape beat her head so violently her neck was nearly broken. Then in May 2002, he killed a 14-month-old human child that the niece of a fa- sorry that the niece of a member of the research team had carried into his territory. If this brief taste has whet your appetite to learn more about these amazing primates and their ongoing study, then you're in luck because there's a long list of books and documentaries available on the subject as well as material available from the University of Minnesota Jane Goodall Institute Centre for Primate Studies. That wraps us up for today. Thanks for listening. Please rate and review wherever you access your podcasts, if you so choose. Many thanks to our episode promotional partners, Elgar Road Veterinary Hospital, located at 590 Elgar Road, Box Hill North, Melbourne Veterinary Rehabilitation, a mobile service that you can find at www.melbournevetinaryrehabilitation.com.au and Monash Vet, located at 1662 Dandenong Road, Oakley East, Victoria. 
Finally, thanks to Wikipedia and its linked references, who provided much of today's source material. See you next time on Tales and Tales.